0: Bom dia, boa tarde! Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is of course Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 160. Here we are. It is the month of March. Liga B win action starts to head into the final stretch. We have three teams still left in European competition. I'm dropping this episode on a Friday morning, so I'm assuming at some point today we'll know when Roberto Martinez will announce the date of his uh, selections for the upcoming Euro qualifiers later this month against Lechtenberg and Liechtenstein. And uh, that'll be happening uh, pretty uh, soon. And then, of course, uh, we're in the month of March it's uh, European football it's domestic football it's uh, you know sailor song at the end of the month it's uh, it's a very fun time of the year especially with the uh, weather uh, changing and a lot to talk to here first off I'm going to be reviewing the first and second division last week as well as a lot of news that happened then I'll be previewing week 33 for the second division as well. Uh, Women's football. I'll also be doing my women's football uh, preview. They're back to playing after they took that break for the uh, women's national team to go to New Zealand to qualify for the World Cup successfully, which they did. And now they're back to playing this weekend, so I'll give a quick roundup of that. And then in the second half of this episode, a lot of topics to talk about. First off, we've got Benfica Bruce, Champions League, Second Lake next week. TV rights was a big discussion this week with all the club presidents. Uh, League Cup Looks like it's going to be reduced to four teams and it's going to go abroad. I've already talked about this topic and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Talk a little bit about um, the players abroad and the managers abroad. Great jobs this week by João Paulinha and Marco Silva. And uh, I'm going to be talking about that and then I'll wrap it up talking about a Portugal and Roberto Martinez update. And then an update and this week it's a very good update. on, of course my favorite team in Portugal, Atletico But let's get going. Week 22 preview. Obviously, the biggest story last week was the fact that Benfica has now increased their lead in first place to eight points with 12 match days left. Uh, There has been no Portuguese team trailing by eight points at this point in the season after 22 matches that has come back to win the Liga. So Benfica is in firm control, looking to win their first major trophy domestically since 2019. It's the reason why they brought Roger Schmidt in. And uh, although they didn't win the TASA de Liga, and uh, you know things haven't worked out well for them as well with the TASA de the Portugal, uh, they are still in the Champions League, uh, looking pretty good to advance. And I'll preview the uh, match with Bruges coming up a little bit later. Uh, But uh, Benfica just an eight-point lead. And, of course, that was off of what happened with Porto losing at home. Two to one, two players uh, sent off. Uh, It is their second straight loss for Porto. They haven't done that in a very, very long time. Doesn't happen a lot, uh, at least with Porto, if you look at their uh, history these last few years. But Porto now is trailing Benfica by eight points. Braga continues in third place with 49 points. And, but they lost ground. They lost to Vitória Guimarães and the always very heated 20,000 fans at Guimarães. The Minu Derby. And as a result, Braga now still in third place with 49 points. But now Sporting, because of their win last week, beating Estoril without much issue, they uh, managed to cut the deficit now to five points on uh, Braga. And again, I think Sporting is very much alive. And again, third place gets you into the Champions League next year via the playoff which is what uh, Benfica had to do these uh, last two seasons and Sporting I think is very alive only because I think Braga has just been very very inconsistent Um, and as a result uh, I just think that the uh, top four I think the top two is pretty much set the question now is what happens with uh, Braga and Sporting but a quick roundup here of week 22 Again, Roger Schmidt was sent off last week. He was hit with apparently it looked like a water bottle or a bottle that had liquid in it and it was thrown in his direction and hit part of his shoulder. He then picked up the bottle and threw it back into the stands and he was uh, sent off. I mean, look, anybody gets something thrown at them, let's be honest. You get something thrown at you, you don't think you're going to throw it back. But at the end of the day, he is a manager and he was uh, sent off and he will be missing uh, this uh, Friday's match later on today against Fama. Uh, but he has been uh, sent off. Uh, João Mariu, uh, w- incredible with, uh, you know, he's just been incredible. Check this out. In his last five matches, which included the brace this past Saturday, he has seven goals and two assists in his last five matches. Are you listening, Roberto Martinez? So I think it's pretty safe to say that not only João Mario. Uh, A big piece of why Benfica is doing so well. And let's not forget the team he left. uh, Sporting isn't doing so well, although he's been with Benfica now over a year. Or a year and a half, I should say. But João Mario has been an absolute monster for Benfica these uh, last five matches and has done very well. You don't hear about Rafa anymore. Not to the degree you were hearing about him at the beginning of the season. But João Mario just continues to take care of business. Uh, moving on, talking about pr- last week, I mean, again, let me just give you a quick result. You you know Befica beat Vizela 2-0. You know Porto lost at home to Gil Vicente 2-1. It was the first time, I think, in something like 27 Liga matches that Gil Vicente won in the Dragon. We saw Sporting without much trouble beating Estoril. Estoril, of course, lost. They, uh, they, uh, Nels, them and Nelson Verissimo last week parted ways. Ricardo Suarez... Was pretty much announced at the manager, but he did not manage in this match. He's going to basically be managing in their next match uh, this weekend. We saw, of course, the big derby up in Minho with Vittoria Guimarães recording a two to one win in the Battle of the Islands. We saw Meritimu record a two three to one win, excuse me, at home in Funchal defeating Santa Clara. But both of these teams are, are really having a tough time. Santa Clara in 17th place in the relegation zone, Maritimu goes from 17th to 16th place. But the 16th place right now gets you into the uh, playoff. Uh, If you're in 16th place, the only way to stay up is to win the playoff. And right now that has you playing, I think it's Académico de Viseu in the uh, second uh, division. But uh, those are some of the results. And obviously, again, Maritimo right now into the playoff position. Santa Clara at the bottom in the relegation zone. Santa Clara as well, shortly thereafter, made an announcement that Jorge Simon has been relieved of his duties as Santa Clara manager. So Santa Clara, much like Passos de Ferreira, will be looking for their third manager this year. It's been about four or five days when I record this since they announced George Simón was leaving or has left. Uh, we don't know yet a replacement, which, by the way, tells me that they are not getting a lot of bites for the job or they're not necessarily getting... The people interested in the job that Santa Clara wants, but Santa Clara really in a lot of uh, trouble. I told you about Estoril and Ricardo Suarez. Also a big week this week in Braga in terms of off the pitch, uh, Antonio Salvador celebrating 20 years as uh, Braga president. You know, most people like the big three, but Braga has really created their own niche of fans up north. In This is a team that's played in a Europa final, if you remember that year against uh, Porto. This is a team that finishes already finished second place in the Liga. They've already competed in the uh, Champions League. They've been perennially mostly a Europa uh, team that's been competing, and they're generally good for third, fourth, or fifth place in the Liga. They have, in my opinion, the fifth biggest fan base in Portugal. Uh, Guimarães has the fourth biggest. There's not many that would dispute that. And Braga has continued to. So there was a lot of recognition this week uh, with Antonio Salvador and the terrific work he has done. Look at all the managers here that he's had uh, at Braga. I mean, he's had, um, you know, George Jesus, JJ. He's had Paulo Fonseca. He's had Ruben Amorim. He's had a lot of managers that have come through uh, Braga. And again, Braga has had a hard time trying to get into the top three every single year. They have done it a few years, and... They're certainly in pole position right now for third place with the fact they have a five-point lead over sporting, but they've been very inconsistent. But this week at Braga, a lot of recognition toward what a great job Antonio Salvador has uh, done. He's from, he's from the Braga region. He's from a town called Espinho. He's a uh, entrepreneur locally. I think he's involved with uh, construction, and he was recognized this week by the uh, Braga uh, faithful. Uh, other news this week in the first division, Casa Pia. Their stadium, okay, they're playing. They played at Jamor. They played some matches at Bonfing where Setubo plays, but their stadium is not up to par for the first division, and they're waiting for the local municipal government to approve construction of the stadium. I'm not really sure what exactly is the delay, but uh, Casa Pia uh, looks like next year they're going to continue to be playing in a rented stadium, so that's a big disappointment uh, to the uh, Casa Pia fans. And uh, again, Jamor is gonna probably uh, not going to be able to host big matches soon. They, the stadium is just not in the greatest condition, so that might force Pia to play at Bonfim, where Setubo plays, or other uh, places. Uh, other news this week, uh, reviewing last week, uh, Sporting announced a profit of $47.5 million. Uh, their most recent financial report, but let's not forget they obviously have made a lot of sales, including Porto and what they did during the summer. However, Befica and Porto, both reported negative financial reports and again these are clubs that sell shares they've got business entities so this is not very good and let's not forget Porto, by the way on top of the fact that they reported deficit in the red um they bought Carmo for like 20 million from braga and he has not worked out so far again he's still young still plenty of time to become a great player but that's all hanging over them uh really really bad and i think that's uh, something uh, worth mentioning um And then, of course, uh, also a big thing this week, Fran Navarro from Gilles Vicente, who scored one of the goals to beat Porto. Fran's been, I don't think it's official, at least I don't, I believe, but he's been discussed possibly being a target for Porto this summer. I mean, I was very confused on um, deadline day. There were some reports that uh, Porto were making an effort to get uh, Fran Navarro. I'm not really sure if that ever came to be. Uh, Very confusing uh, reports. But anyway, Fran Navarro did score at Dragong. So this season he has scored at Porto. He has scored at Sporting and he scored at Benfica. Twenty nine goals for Gil Vicente. He is already their all time Liga leader in the in the Liga B win, the Primeira Liga. So Fran Navarro, who's one of the best unknown players, not playing for one of the big clubs in big clubs in Portugal. And how he is still at Gilles Vicente is an absolute mystery. There was a report this past summer that uh, Ruben Ammarin didn't wasn't interested in him and um, You look back at the way, uh, you know, sporting struggling, you kind of wonder if that was a mistake. But again, we don't even know if that report was true. You got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But uh, a very big week for Fran Navarro, who's now tied for second in the Liga B win in uh, scoring. Um, But uh, so that's uh, your report. And looking ahead to this weekend's action, Liga B win week 23 gets going on Friday with Boavista Oroca. At 1900 hours, and then you got a very late Friday night match at 2115, 9:15 at night. Benfica, of course, because they're playing in uh, Europe next week. Uh, the second leg against Bruges, also in Luge, they'll be playing Familia Kong. Uh, Saturday, you have uh, three matches: Estoril, Vizela, Portimonense, Sporting, and Desportivo do Chaves will play the late match on Friday, on Saturday, against Porto. Um, this by the way is in my opinion the Shahs Burtu match. I was kind of studying the schedule and, and everything and to me this is the biggest uh, in my opinion the highlight match of the weekend simply because Burtu has lost two points in a, two matches in a row. Shahs every once in a while pulls off a surprise. We already know that they went to uh, sporting this uh, this season and they won and Shahs does this every once in a while they pull surprises and Burtu cannot afford a surprise. You know, otherwise, you could pretty much, you know, if, if, if they drop points this week and Benfica wins, if you're, uh, you know, Benfica, Rui Costa, you could pretty much contact Lisbon City Hall and put in the permit to have the celebration at Marx de Pumbal, uh in May when the uh, season's over because um, Porto cannot afford to lose any more points. Again, nobody's ever come back from an eight-point deficit after 22 match days. It's a lot. You know, let's not forget. That's a lot. It's, you got to make up nearly three matches in that so that's going to be a tough situation uh Sunday we have three more matches uh Gil Vicente Meritimo Santa Clara looking to bounce back against Vittoria Guimaraes who because of their win last week Guimaraes is now in fifth place with a four point lead over sixth place Aroca Guimaraes with 37 points Aroca with 33 so they are doing very well Guimaraes the dream to try to go back to Europe uh then the late match uh, and i tell you, how many times does Braga always play the lead match on Sundays? It seems Braga playing at home to Rio Ave. And then the last match of uh, match day 23, Liga B win 23, will be on Monday. Casa Pia. We'll be playing Passus de Ferreira. Passus de Ferreira, again, all the way stuck at the bottom. This will be a match that will be played in the Jamor, And the question is, is how much longer will they be allowed to play in the Jamur because of the uh, stadium, uh, uh, again, per uh, reports. Passus, again, at the bottom with 12 points. They, uh, look, Maritmo's in 16th place with um, with 16 points. So getting out of the bottom two and into the playoff is very much an objective for Passus. But they're 10 points behind Estoril to get out of these three bottom, uh, you know, with the playoff in the two-drop positions. I mean, tough situation for Paso de Ferreira and Cesar Peixoto in terms of this weekend. But uh, this weekend, again, my biggest match this weekend, of course, will be the Sportivo do Chaves against Porto. And the RTP international match, I believe this is the second week in a row, that Sporting is playing on RTP International, but they, uh, based on what I saw in the uh, guia of RTP, uh, and just talking to a few people, looks like it'll be Portimonense and uh, Sporting, uh, and again, big matches. It's always a big match in Portugal. managers is always going to tell you, but I think Chaves and Porto is is really the one that I'm going to be uh, paying attention to. Second division report last week. Uh, my club Turientz lost to Académico de Viseu, who just continued to win most of those matches. More dance is in control with a nine-point lead in first place. Astrula Amadura is in second place with 41 points. Académico de Viseu and Fedrientz are tied for third, each with 38 points. Uh, at the bottom, you've got uh, Covilla, who has been playing well, starting to put together some uh, draws and some wins, but still got a long way to go. Trofins and Covilla are at the bottom. Uh, with 19 and 18 points. Uh, B-Side, okay, relegated last year. Are they going to be relegated again? Well, right now they're in the uh, playoff position in uh, 16th place that they would have to play somebody from the third division. And uh, Bill Enintes, the original Bill Inances is in the third division trying to work their way up to the second division. Would that be a hell of a thing if they uh, cross paths with B-Side dropping to the third division and original Bill Inances, uh moving up to the second division? I know a lot of people throw a lot of hate at B-Side but uh, I, I, you know, it's just one of those clubs. Uh, they should have just changed their name a long time ago. But again, I'm sure for financial reasons, legal reasons, there's probably a reason why they still have the name uh, b which kind of still remember, reminds people, I think, of Sad. But That's just my opinion. Uh, best match this weekend. There's no debating it this weekend. Um, you've got basically Estrila uh, Amadura uh, going to Académico de Viseo. So you've got the third pla- second place team playing the third place team or one of the two uh, third place teams that is by far the best match this weekend no matches on friday I'm not really sure why you've got basically four matches on a saturday and you've got five matches on sunday uh benefial Renz, benfica b and villa are going to get things going on saturday morning both of them are playing at 11 a.m and again Usually, you only have one match at 11 a.m. Not really sure why this is. Then you've got Morey Dance, first place Morey Dance playing against Trofense. Tundela against Turiens, my team in the second division. Turiens is, again, one or two wins away from moving up into the top six. Uh, and then, of course, the best match again is Académico do at home to Estrula Madura on a Sunday. And by the way, interesting thing that I read about the uh, second uh, division. Um, and that's the fact that uh, Moreirense, Trofense, uh, the match on Saturday, and the big match here, Académico de Viseu, Astrua, So essentially, three of the top four teams in the second division. Um, but Moreirense, Trofense, and Académico de Viseu, Astrua, Madura. there will be referees from Cyprus working these matches. Um, I was aware we had some kind of exchange program with France. Uh, but I wasn't aware that we were doing anything with uh, Cyprus, but apparently referees from Cyprus are going to be working uh, what I think are you know two of the more important matches this week in the uh, second uh, division. Uh, women's football, again, congratulations to the women's national team on qualifying, and of course because of that, They had a stoppage of play with the Liga to allow uh, most of these players who play in Portugal to go to New Zealand and qualify, which they successfully did. But action resumes this weekend. Again, women's football is growing. Uh, Obviously, all the big teams in Portugal except Porto have a women's squad, but I know Porto has been discussing it for the future based on a report I saw a few months ago. But Benfica in control with 39 points, 10 more points than Braga and Sporting, who each have 29 points. And then you've got a club called Dimiens, who's from a, who's from Amadura, right there on the, I guess, what is it, northwest of uh, the Lisbon side. They're in fourth place with 28 uh, points. Uh, and then um, not really much to talk about the rest. Uh, you've got teams at the bottom, including one team with zero points and a minus forty-nine differential. Ouch! But this weekend, the big match. Uh, you know, you're looking forward. I think is uh, not really much of a surprise. It's uh, basically Lank Villa Verdance uh, from Villa Verde. Again, great wine country there. If you ever go, grab a cup of wine at one of the local uh, cafes or the uh, local restaurants. But Villa uh, Lank Verdance, I, I actually don't know how to pronounce the first name. I think it's a sponsor. Uh, they'll be taking on Benfica and. Um, that is, in my opinion, the top match for women's football. That'll be played on Sunday. So you've got one match on Saturday with Braga and Vila Dares Gaia, and then Sunday you're going to have uh, five matches as well. And again, Benfica pretty much in uh, cruise control here um, in terms of the uh, second, uh, in terms of women's football here um, in the uh, first uh, division. That wraps up part one of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Coming up, part two part two of the portuguese soccer.com podcast welcome back everybody let me just say as always thank you for your support for listening to this um you know i just appreciate it so much let let me start off this second because i got so much to talk about tv rights the league cup the uefa youth league was had some interesting situations talking about portugal update but before i go let me take a quick opportunity to say sorry. Um, last Saturday morning, I woke up to some emails and DMs across some of the social media platforms telling me that the website portuguesesoccer.com was down. Uh, you could pretty much access it, access it, but when you would click on the link, you would get an error. Um, of course, I didn't get a warning of this. I contacted my website provider. I had some issues with them about three months ago, but those particular problems were fixed, and. I got to say the website's been performing great but now we have a new set of problem and obviously like many companies it's monday through friday um they have a chat feature but you never know if you're actually talking to somebody or if you're just talking to an algorithm and of course whenever you send them a question they just write back in a, a link saying here here's how you can fix your problem check out this link and i'm like no i pay you to fix the problem anyway uh i was able to get a hold of someone via email of communication and uh, just waiting for them to fix it apparently they uploaded some new software with regards to editing website and they had a problem you know so so they installed this software they have a problem and now they don't know how to fix it is is, is really my guess so this is very frustrating but hopefully sooner than later um we'll have it up and running but again just a very uh a reminder to all of you um first off, uh, if you want to listen to this podcast, again, give it a follow, especially if you're listening to this for the first time. You can follow it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Anchor FM, uh, Google Podcasts, Podcast Attic, Amazon Music is even on it there. Uh, and of course, it's also on YouTube, which has been doing very, very well this second time around that I'm uh, trying it, uh, putting the audio up on it, and I hope to get a little bit more creative with it later this uh, year. But uh, give it a follow. I I get people, I just went to a wedding and somebody introduced me to someone who's, you know, I've been, you know, came up to me, you know, hey, I've been following PortugueseSoccer.com for over 25 years back when I was in college. And when I hear that, that is, it really means a lot to me. It really, really does because I'm doing this for the Liga. I'm doing it for the Portuguese and especially the many Portuguese outside of uh, Portugal that want to be very close especially with football but you know may have some uh, challenges with the language. So I'm always here happy to continue uh, to do this and I always tell people if you want to support this you know I don't there's nothing that I ask for that requires money there's nothing that I ask for that requires you to go out of your way I always tell people give it a follow on whatever platform you listen YouTube especially YouTube Uh, give it a follow across on uh, all the social media and that's more than enough for me. Um, certainly motivation enough for me. And again, I say this sincerely. Obrigado. Thank you for so much for allowing me one hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is each week into your lives. Thank you so much, and I really, really appreciate it. But enough about me. You don't care about me. Let's talk about uh, football coming up. And I'll start off first with uh, a, a bit of a Benfica Bruges uh, preview. Second leg, Benfica in control after winning the first leg in Bruges 2-0 a few weeks ago. It's surprising that there's a three-week break in between the uh, matches, but uh, Benfica uh, at home in control. They're going to have a big crowd. Uh, Roger Schmidt's not going to take any chances because there's a lot of money to be made if they advance to the uh, quarterfinals. And as a result, it's going to be a very, very big match. What Benfica needs to do is score early. They need to avoid anybody getting sent off and they need to avoid injuries. This is not going to be a match, especially when you have an eight-point league in the Liga B win to rest your best players. This is where you got to go, and you want to end this match by halftime. Now, Bruges played very well at the beginning of the season. We saw what they did at Porto, but for some reason, something has gone wrong since, and they're not the same team. They changed managers, and they haven't been as successful. And, uh, matter of fact, after their last match, there's video of one of their players going into the locker rooms just cursing up a storm because he was so upset at their bad results. So things are not very good at Bruges and I think that Benfica needs to take care of business with this uh, coming up second leg which I'm hoping I'm going to get an opportunity to uh, watch uh, some of this uh, week. Uh, I'm going to be traveling this week down to uh, Florida so hopefully I'll be able to find time to uh, watch uh, the uh, match. But um, that's the big match and again Uh, Everything is firing on all cylinders for Benfica. They do have some controversy off the pitch that uh, is, you know, unfortunately something that we get used to in Portuguese football with some of the clubs, uh, things with the media. One newspaper says this. The other newspaper doesn't say anything. And it's just the way it goes. And uh, it's always hard for me to get people interested in Portuguese football sometimes, especially those that listen to this or follow PortugueseSoccer.com, because then I'll inevitably get the email. Why? The premier league is better and nobody's complaining about half the things they complain about in portugal but i'm gonna keep uh trying uh, moving on tv rights came up this week there was a big meeting among the the presidents regarding uh centralization of tv rights uh trying to put together a proposal right now clubs are on their own making their deals but the idea is to centralize the tv rights and by doing that bring more money into the game by packaging all the teams uh, together Uh, Braga, boss, uh, uh, President Antonio Salvador, thinks that by doing that, it will bring in more money, especially for the smaller clubs, which will increase the competitiveness, Um, and I agree with him in that. Um, And as a result, there's been a lot of effort. They're talking about 2027, 2028 actually having the centralization of TV rights. And by the way, what does that mean, centralization of TV rights? It means that basically there's going to be a company formed that will represent the Liga and basically go to the United States, whether it's Gold TV or ESPN, whether it's Sportsnet or TSN or Gold Canada—I don't know if there is one—and you know whatever it may be, whatever it may be with all the other countries around the world, they will do the negotiating on behalf of the Liga to sell the uh, TV rights and by doing it as a package, perhaps increase the amount of money that they can get. Now, are they going to get Premier League money? No way. Nobody gets Premier League money. But can they be competitive? I think so. Can they be competitive as a Liga 1 in France? That's tough. But you know what? I'm sorry. I know there's some really good teams, but I just think Portugal's got it pretty good, exciting, too, to watch it every week compared to France. Uh, Germany is a big country. They're not going to get that type of money. Italy, big country, a lot of history. They're not going to get that type of money, but there's no reason why they can't still get very good money. But that was on the discussion for this week. I've talked about this in the past, that this is a great idea. It's going to bring more money to the uh, smaller clubs. And I think that's a very good idea. Now, what's not going to help the smaller clubs in Portugal is the fact that uh, a report from mojogu and again, I've discussed this in the past because it's been reported in the past, that it looks like the Tasa the Liga, the League Cup, is going to go to only four teams. My understanding, it's whoever finished in the top four is going to go into the uh, tasa de liga next year so no more group play and uh, there's also talk of moving the competition outside of portugal i did a poll uh putting out some countries there london uh cities excuse me london paris those are two cities in europe you would expect uh, geneva the national team silly has played a lot of friendly matches in geneva because there's a lot of portuguese and there's some money to be made with those matches um, of course, I also put Toronto or New York, or you could even include Boston. And I will say that Toronto slash New York option was the overwhelming favorite. But again, that's still very early in the poll. And let me just say first off that what's ashamed about this is that when they built the Tasa, uh, the TASA de Liga competition about 16 years ago, I remember it was a, a guy, the president of the Liga named Juan Loreto. He's one of these guys that I think eventually became an executive with the federation He's also was a politician. He was, I think, a mayor um, of one of the towns outside of Lisbon. And they did this because back then there were only 16 teams in the first division. So you were essentially playing four less Liga matches. And therefore you had less football. And when you had less football, especially if you were eliminated early from the Taça de Portugal, and then don't forget, there would be international breaks. You'd have some second division clubs, a small Portuguese club, sitting around two or three weeks without playing a match, not generating any money. How do you pay the players? Everybody complains that Portuguese clubs don't have money. Well, that's one of the reasons. Even though the Taça de Liga doesn't necessarily fill up a stadium, it is nevertheless revenue with some money in TV. And let's not think about benfica Porto, sporting money. Let's think about the type of money, any type of good money that these clubs could use. And that was why this competition was started. It was also to help bring another competition into the Liga. And, you know, bringing it internationally, I think Proenza mentioned something about the Middle East. And by the way, if they go to the Middle East, why would you not go to North America in the future, even if it is a little bit colder there? But at the end of the day, if you're doing this for money, okay if you're doing this for money um keep it in europe but after the first few years you do it if you go to london i mean where would they play in london you know maybe wembley maybe how many people are going to go to a game in london unless it's the big one or two of the big three playing you might get i mean honestly i'd love to hear your thoughts maybe thirty do don't be saying 50. If Porto Benfica were to play in Wembley, don't because I grew up here in New York. People used to say all the time, "You bring Porto Benfica or even Porto Benfica separately or Sporting, you'll get fifty thousand at uh, Giant Stadium." Never happened, never, never, never happened. So let's not sit there. Would that happen? Maybe in Paris. I think Paris, you might get thirty-five thousand, maybe forty, because of all the Portuguese there. Maybe you do the game in Lyon, Switzerland. You would have an opportunity to do it. But let's not forget some of these Portuguese teams go play preseason abroad, and the matches do somewhat okay. So let's not go there. So I think it's a good idea to go abroad only because it will test the ability to make some money. But if you're going to London and you're only getting 15000 then you might as well come back to Laidia because that's what you got in Lady and at least the Portuguese are going to be there and uh, see it. Because what happens with the Portuguese teams is, you know, unless it's a, a player on the team that's getting a lot of English interest, or a lot of French interest, or a lot of German interest, a lot of Italy interest. You, you see how it happens every transfer window month, you know, in the summer and in uh, January. People will be attracted to watch that. They may even come and want to see the player. But are we going to get 50,000? I don't know. Again, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You might criticize me. You might curse me out. I I, I just don't know. I've grown up my whole life. I've seen Benfica. I've seen Porto play Galatasaray at uh, Giants Stadium. I've seen Benfica play Roma. I've seen Benfica play Santa Clara. Uh, If I recall one year playing, um, I think it was Santa Clara because Santa Clara did play one year at uh, Foxborough. I went to see Benfica PSG in Toronto about six, seven years ago during the time when Toronto was hosting the Pan Am games. And I remember Toronto FC played Philadelphia in Major League Soccer in the afternoon, sold out at BMO Field at night. Benfica PSG. I don't think there was more than maybe 15,000 people or 10,000 people. Not even as many people that saw the MLS game. So I guess you have to try it. It doesn't hurt to try it, to bring the product abroad. That's just the way you do it, but I don't know. But at the end of the day, I am saddened that there is no group play. This is going to affect the Portuguese clubs, the smaller ones. I think you maybe create a separate competition for them, allow these clubs to play for some type of trophy, maybe even the possibility To play for a spot. Um, You know, you got to give these small clubs something. Even if we get centralization of TV rights in three to four years, that's still three to four years away. You got to give these small clubs in the second division and the bottom first division, you got to give them something to play for. You got to. You can't just keep it on the top four because top four aren't going to be sharing money with everybody else. So, but again, I understand the league are wanting to grow the product, and the product is the big three in Braga. I understand that, and you might see the big three and Brago Guimenaes, and occasionally maybe one of these other teams play, but, you know, we'll see. But uh, that was interesting. Uh, UEFA Youth League, congratulations to Sporting beating up on Ajax and advancing. They'll be playing Liverpool in the next round. Liverpool eliminated Porto in penalty kicks 6-5 to five after a 1-1 draw. And, of course, there was a bit of a minor brawl after the game, and uh, that was not very pretty to see. Uh, uh, players abroad, congratulations to Marco Silva and João Paulinha. What a great season they're having. Sixth place in the Premier League FA Cup quarterfinals for the first time since 2009. Uh, Jota won the Scottish League Cup with Celtic. There's another player, again, didn't get a lot of opportunity with Benfica. Went to Spain, didn't do anything, goes to Celtic, and now he's a star. And By the way, a very big club. With a lot of money, I don't know what the valuation is, but I think Celtic is worth more money than each of the big three. Only because of the fact that Scotland is just in the United Kingdom and it's just more stronger in the pound or however they work those things. But I thought I saw that Celtic, especially Celtic and Rangers, but uh, Jota doing very well in the the Scottish League. They're winning the League Cup. Congratulations to Bruno and Delo. For winning also the League Cup in England. Um, but I'm, I'm tell you something. Manchester United. They've only lost. I think the last loss was January 22nd. Versus my Arsenal. They have been on cruise control. Absolute cruise control. Uh, winning a lot of matches. They don't have the Cristiano Ronaldo. Circus around them. And I feel bad to say that. Because I'm such a Cristiano Ronaldo fan. But maybe things are starting to turn around. In Manchester to the expectation of being a club challenging. I don't know if they're going to catch first, uh, Arsenal, but certainly they have a shot at second place if they can catch up to uh, City, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, Moving along, Roberto Martinez update again. Um, I'm dropping this on Friday, and I'm pretty sure today we're going to hear... uh, How many times, by the way, do I make predictions and then they come true, and this will be another one, but I'm pretty sure today they're going to announce when Roberto Martinez is going to announce his selection for the matches coming up. If not, it'll happen early next week, but it's coming. It's coming very soon, and obviously he's got a lot to be happy with. Um, Seeing João Mario play the way he is, seeing the way Bruno's been playing, João Paulinho's been playing, Rafael Leon's doing very well with uh, Milan. Uh, A lot of players in the Portuguese are doing very, very well. Cristiano is uh, tearing it up in Saudi Arabia. I do think he will be called up. But again, pay attention if he doesn't get called up because they say that they rather keep him in Saudi because it's a long trip and they want him to continue to adapt to his new club. That means there could be some thinking behind the scenes of starting the future without him. But again, let's pay attention to that if that, in fact, does happen and they do announce that uh, next week. But again, I'm expecting that Roberto Martinez, um, I'm going to say right now that he will call up Cristiano, but if he doesn't, I kind of warned you that that might have been a uh, possibility. Folks, I'm going to wrap it up here talking about my favorite club in Portugal. And let me just say, for a lot of those that are brand new, because I'm always getting a, a bunch of brand new listeners every week, my favorite team in Portugal is a club in the districts in the fifth tier called the Atletico do Jarkoos. It's been rough for them this last month. They've dropped a bunch of matches. They were in first place by five points. Now they find themselves at second, three points behind. They literally lost eight points. Uh, or uh, 8 points in terms of having a 5 point lead and now being 3 points behind but I'll give them a lot of credit they do have a new manager they hired a new staff because the manager, by the way after they fell out of first place also resigned but I'll give them a lot of credit last week they played our one of our rivals of course the town next door the fake town, Punta Barca which is separated by a, a beautiful bridge that sometimes RTP does shows from but last week we started off with a 2-0 lead early uh, Barca came back. They actually leveled the match. in Five minutes, 90 plus five on a penalty kick. So you could imagine how upset people were. And then there was still stoppage time left. 90 plus seven. JoJo, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I see a mark on the last though, but I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong. Scores the winner. Athletic wins three to two and as a result, they stay uh, comfortable in second place, three points behind the leader, Limianos, which went to Ancora de Praia. I was hoping that Ancora would steal a point from them, but they didn't. They, uh, Limianos won 3-0. So right now, Limianos is in first place with 58 points. Atletico D'Arcuch is second with 55. Vitorino de Piong is in third with 47. But again, top two automatically go to the Taça de Portugal next year. But only first place gets promoted to the fourth tier. And right now my team, Atletico Vargas, is in a bit of trouble. But I think the fact that they won in the last second and with the new manager, hopefully that galvanizes them. Uh, this weekend, we actually are playing one of the worst teams in the league, Fachance, who's in the relegation zone of uh, 16th place. So that's the type of team you want to be playing at home. And obviously we got to get the three points. Meanwhile, Limianos. We'll be at home playing our rival Punta Barca. So if Punta Barca wants to do us a favor, and they probably won't. But if anybody in Punta Barca over there wants to do a favor in that fake town, could you maybe steal a point from Limianush, please? Could you do us that little bit of a favor? That would be highly, highly appreciated. Anyway, folks, I'm going to wrap up episode 160 of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Again, PeaceSoccerCOM on Twitter, PeaceSoccerCOM on Facebook. Portuguese underscore soccer underscore noticias on Instagram our partner uh, there on Instagram and of course you I already told you in the middle of this episode iTunes uh, Spotify Google podcast and of course please also give it a follow and and also click follow please thank you to uh, YouTube but uh, that's gonna wrap up episode 160 of the Portuguese soccer.com podcast we are in the month of March. Looking forward to seeing more football. Looking forward to my trip in Florida this week. I'm going to go see a Portuguese community down there and uh, do some work with our sports teams. And um, I'll be back here next week to talk to you. Ciao, everybody.